We know there's a lot of podcasts out there, and this is definitely one of them. This is the Joel and Mouse Fitness Funhouse with your hosts, one guy who's short and strong, and another who's short and, well, he's a pretty nice guy. Now, here they are, Joel and Mouse. Welcome back into the Fitness Funhouse with Joel and Mouse. This is an audio-only podcast, which is a darn shame right now. <laughs> <laughs> he is Matt Rattay. My name is Joel Godet. Uh, I I am not this Zoom savvy. Um, Matt sort of is because he's still in a circle. He hasn't figured that part out. Uh, but my um, my body shape on this Zoom <laughs> is totally cut out, and we are sitting at a Thanksgiving table. Uh, <laughs> it's a it's a, it's fall. I, I, did you look it up, Joel? Are we are we officially in fall yet? Or? Thursday, as we Thursday? record this. Now I'm gonna have to get this out in time. <laughs> they're gonna find we actually release this on Sunday, and they're gonna be like. Wait a second. Um, first day of fall is actually this past Thursday. It is currently Not fall. Thursday. <laughs> if oh, you yeah, are listening to this podcast on Wednesday, press one. <laughs> Don't you wish they had like a choose your own adventure podcast, something like that? That'd be phenomenal. That'd be so much fun. It always stays timely. All right. So what are we, what are we here for again? <laughs> so our guest last week, well, before our guest last week, we talked about uh, going to the Elite Teen Throwdown in Michigan. I was there for a weekend at the start of September. It was the CrossFit-sanctioned teenage competition. And uh, we, we were breaking down one of the workouts, and we said, oh, well, we, we should have Brock Yost on. He's, he's the executive director of the Elite Teen Throwdown. Because if you don't know anything about the Elite Teen Throwdown, it's held at the Pitt Fitness Ranch in Michigan, which is like sort of like a Romus East in some ways. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's at a former gravel pit. They've got a, a, a dirt field that they use for sled drags and things. They've got a mountain that they use for um, like trail runs and mountain races and sandbag carries. Uh, mm-hmm. They've got a lake so you can go swimming. And then they've got a, a, a traditional CrossFit box. They've got a yoga studio, all sorts of different things. So we were like, you know, it'd be really cool. Let's talk to Brock about where the idea to basically construct this fitness playland came from and then mm-hmm. talk about how the competition uh, came to be on it. So uh, Brock Yost is our guest today to talk a little bit about the Elite Teen Throwdown and the Pit Fitness Ranch, uh, one of the more unique CrossFit boxes in the country. What is the Pit Fitness Ranch? And at what point in your life did you decide that that's what you needed? <laughs> I'll go back to kind of ground zero before fitness was even a part of our, you know, monetary lifestyle. Um, I owned a construction company and my wife is a social worker, Autumn, which you guys both know. Um, and we, you know, we're, we're grinding, living the, the nine to, well, my construction life was more than nine to five. Um, and her social work was, you know, obviously it gets pretty stressful. So we're living, uh, you know, the, the regular lifestyle, you know, and we, we both kind of dreamed of something a little different where we could, you know, have some property in the country and potentially, you know, work towards having a farm or something of our own that we, you know, you know, do what you love to do and you'll never work another day in your life or whatever, you know? So we were going towards that dream and I, for when I had my construction company, I would always have like meetings at 5 a.m. and we'd work out and they'd hate, you know, they'd hate me because they'd be, you know, they'd have packs of Marlboro Reds, you know, <laughs> they were smoking and hung over from the night before and somebody's making them work out at 5 a.m. You know, we'd, we had a couple rules, like I had a roofing crew and to be on the roofing tear off crew, you had to be able to do one strict pull up and we had a pull up bar in my office and couldn't do the strict pull-up. I didn't want you on my roofing crew because many couldn't pull your own weight, literally and figuratively, probably. Yeah. Did you ever have a oh, guy yeah. that like was like, hey, I want to be on the roofing crew? You're like, all right, well, here's a pull-up bar. Show me yep. what you got. You know, I mean, some some of them I let go if they're a big dude, you know, or whatever. Uh, that seemed, you know, I'd make a judgment. But, you know, some of those guys, you literally got to carry heavy tarps and move, move yeah. bundles of shingles and do a lot of stuff. So it was just kind of like a little baseline thing. I, I mean, you know we didn't hold too tight to it, but it was definitely a thing for a long time. And the morning workouts were definitely a thing before our meetings. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so, um, yeah. And then autumn obviously was just grinding on her social work piece. And we went to a, a bar one night with one of or with a couple that, uh, autumn, um, autumn had made friends with one of her coworkers and 
they had a, it was, it was actually it was a Christmas party and a guy named Simon Warnos and his wife, Jenny Warnos was sat at their table and, uh, I'd been training, you know, like autumn and I had always worked out, you know, you know, but I was doing, you know, old school, I graduated high school in 2000 type of deal, play football, you know, I'm doing power cleans. It's, you know, just like you can imagine, you know, starfish power cleans, mm-hmm. terrible, everything, you know, my <laughs> squatting wasn't below, par- you know what I mean? And I mean, yeah. it was just, it was one of those situations where I'd never learned the right way, but I've mm-hmm. al- I always, I'd always wanted to really kind of, you know, but, um, had never really had. So long story short, I got talking to, um, Simon and he's telling me about this competition that he had just gotten back from. And it was actually the first games, the first CrossFit games. And, um, he was telling me all about it. And I was, you know, intrigued like crazy. Cause he's, you know, mm-hmm. the hill, the hill sprint. And, you know, they had him doing, you know, all these different movements that I didn't know anything about. And, um, it was just super, super intriguing. We talked to them about opening a gym. They, they never, the stars never aligned. They're still very close friends of ours, but, stars never quite aligned and autumn and i just decided to go ahead and open one ourselves and you know just like any side hustle um you don't quit your real job you know before side hustle can thrive mm-hmm. so what we did is you know i was we were we were working the hours you know i was getting up at 5 a.m doing the five and six at the gym working all day on a roof we started at our house first in the garage and we built the uh affiliate up over about a year in our garage and we had like 30 people coming to our house and we're like oh this is getting crazy we had a sign on our wall where i cut a notch in the wall that said donations are appreciated but um not required reverse psychology like, please donate. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know hey, you don't have to pay me for doing all the really great nice things that i'm doing but it'd be cool However, if you did yeah, it's like a it's like a patron you know what i mean it's almost like yeah. a patron uh youtube what year was it when you first had the garage gym like you started you're like hey babe we're gonna have people come over and work out like when did that like, start it was like 10 2010, 2010. okay yeah, because we had been doing it with simon and jenny sort of like i had i mean i dude i had a cage, i had a full-size MMA cage in my garage before this whole nother. Uh, oh, that's awesome. Fight. Love but, that. <laughs> yeah. So we were doing the workouts in the MMA cage and basically we did fight going bad like every day with different movements. Literally. We thought we were yeah. doing, the yeah, only workout you can literally. do in a UFC cage is the fight gone bad. That's the only workout yeah, you're course. allowed to do. Bro, we already had the timer. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know the timers that it's already set up for a minute. Like, no, so we we're, we were rocking and rolling, you know, plugging and playing different movements. That's kind of how we learned the different movements is sort of mm-hmm. just plugging different stuff in there and doing it for a minute. Some minutes would be for like technique and then the other ones would be for intensity as we started to learn stuff. But, um, you know, then we learned that there was more to uh, CrossFit than just that structure. <laughs> and uh, Autumn was like, let's put a questionnaire out and see how many people would pay to, you know, come to a facility. So we did and everybody was like, you know, boom, cool. Hell yeah. We'd love to. Mm-hmm. So we ended up opening our affiliate with like 30 members out of the gate. We were there for two years, ended up, um, hearing this story about aromas and, uh, the original CrossFit ranch. And I just thought it was so cool. Like the grassroots feel of it was just, I don't know. It just seemed like it fit exactly what we wanted our lives to be. It just started growing like crazy. We met two, three, four, five, actually five Jones family, individuals uh who became our good friends at our gym they expressed some interest in potentially helping us go to a different location or open another location because we were growing the more we thought about it i kind of brought to the table a crazy idea which autumn hates my crazy ideas but i think (laughs) someday i think someday hope my goal as autumn's husband is someday she's gonna look at me and say hon your crazy ideas were crazy but I'm really happy that we went for him and followed through, yeah. through to where we are now. Hey, dreamers dream, man. And that's what, that's, that's yeah. what, we, what we do. We, we come up with these grand ideas of like, I think this could happen. And then yeah. we have people in our lives that say, hey, man, like, do you know what really has to happen to make that happen? And you're like, nope, but I'm going to try. <laughs> so my son and I came to this property, which was my wife's grandparents' property, which is about 300 acres or so. And when we came here, we were going for a walk and we walked all the way over to the border where it bordered the gravel pit. 
um, that was for sale. And we kind of knew it was for sale. It had been up for like, I don't know, like seven years. It had been for sale. Yeah. And we walk over and there's this big ass hill. We call it LMB Mountain now on the, on the property. And we walked up there and it was, it was me, him, and I think my daughter was with us too. Uh, and we sat on top of the hill and just looked out and I was like, dude, wouldn't it be sick if we had a gym right there? You know, this right here, we'd have events, we'd be running, you know, we just kind of throwing ideas around. Fast forward another year, I met with uh, Darcy Jones, Jerry Jones, Zoe Jones, Jack Jones, Brody Jones. <laughs> Those are the Jones family. The Joneses. Um, yeah, the Joneses. <laughs> Zoe, of, Zoe you know, of CrossFit Games fame from this year. Yeah, Zo- yeah. Zoe's a CrossFit Games athlete. Yeah, um, and her brothers probably will be too. I mean, I have some visions that maybe Dave didn't have out there at the ranch. Um, sustainable farming, general store. I'll get into that in a little bit, but basically... <laughs> Oh, we're, yeah, we're, we're building we're building a what is that, a compound yeah. for crossfit sure. out there well, i don't Michigan? even know what you want to call it we're going to build the most fit we're going to build the easiest place to have sustainable wellness oh i love that I, I, sustainable wellness I, I, I like be like the like crossfit hotel you go out there and like like you, yeah. you, you hear those like yoga retreats and yeah. like where they like oh. you pay like three four grand and you're like we're going to go yeah. and like someone's going to cook for us for a week. My wife has talked to me about this a lot and she wants to do one. I would love to do something like for CrossFit. Like, dude, yeah. So, well, yeah, we have that coming. Oh, that's, dude. That's for sure. We actually oh, already did. Inside scoops like getting that. it. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. You guys need to get to this guy. Yeah, for sure. For sure. As soon so, as you guys open uh, up that hotel, you let me and Joel know. We'll come out. I'll, I'll do a little, uh, a little, uh, oh, Kyle, dude, we're in the gravel pit. You're going to get a little Airbnb remodeled um, storage container. That's even one cooler. Of the, one of those. Cooler. It's going to be yes. fresh, though, brand new on the inside, right on the outside with the deck, right on a creek with, uh, you know, you know, what we'll, we'll, I'll just say, we'll get to that. See, this, is, so, this is one problem people have. If you like dreamers dream almost too much, you can let us run with it. And we're just like, yeah. well, you know, let us run with it. Okay, cool. I'm going to take it. Yeah. Oh, way out. <laughs> oh, shit. What happens when you run out of the sky? Yeah. Space? Uniform. Okay, all right, let's that, go then. That's all right. We're going to space. There's a lot of guys. Yeah, exactly. Out there. <laughs> We're gonna fucking go to space, baby. I, for real. So so Brock, describe so, for us, d- describe to people that have never seen the pit um what it looks like and what you guys are able to utilize from gym to yoga studio to L N D mountain to slag field to water to back trails. So a lot of it goes along with the property itself, you know, because the, the the gravel pit itself was 65 acres because so after the jones family bought it we built a 10,000 square foot strength conditioning facility right in the center of it and there was an old heavy machinery garage that was just full of birds i mean dude i could send i wish i could i know how to screen share or something but uh get a picture of the inside of this place picture looking into a little building with the drywall falling down cinder block walls oil an inch thick on the floor. Oh yeah. Birds flying through the whole tons of birds. The birds had taken over the whole thing. And it was like, fuck it. Let's make this a yoga studio. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, that's the first thing we did. Actually. Uh, we ground the floor down like an inch polished that it looked brand new, yeah. new drywall, new cut holes in the wall for new windows put a big glass overhead door out facing the lake that's right behind it mm-hmm. so like you're in there doing fitness in the winter time it's snowing on the lake and it's hot it's here you're sweating your ass off doing burpee box trip overs and dumbbell snatch and you look outside and it's just beautiful snow coming down out the big window and the vibe is really important to us because of the mental health aspect of it all you know mm-hmm. we wanted that to be we want that to be right. So we've got this whole property now. We've got this whole space that's supremely unique to basically any CrossFit oh, yeah. facility. You have now done on it things that are supremely unique as well. Um, oh, yeah. Let's talk about how the Elite Teen Throwdown comes to be and how you guys decided, all right, we've got this very unique piece of property, kind of reminiscent of where the CrossFit Games started. Um, it's 2020. There's a pandemic. There's no teenage games. Uh, let's do it here. How does that all come to be? I mean, that's a loaded question, but so it all, <laughs> it all started back when we first opened our doors at the old facility, there was a couple kids that were walking on the sidewalk by the gym. Mm-hmm. 
And I said, I'm just the type of person who I'm like, hey, what are you guys doing? They looked like they were, you know, high school athletes. I said, come over here, you know, let's talk, whatever. Check this out. And we just invited them for free, which we give lots of free memberships at high school. You know what I mean? You know, just yeah. I would hope. I think I think a lot of gyms do that, and I hope they do. I'd hope more of them do if they don't. I'm not saying go broke, but <laughs> man, few, few, few kids want a little bit of love, you know, and they just need a place to train instead of going somewhere and doing something stupid after school, uh, you know. Yeah. That. Well, also but, kids uh, have parents and parents love their kids and they want their kids to be really fit. And, and then really parents, exactly. and then parents so, become fit. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we invite them and they say, Hey, we're doing powerlifting. We only have three kids on our team and our, our coach is leaving the school. I'm like, Oh shoot. No way. Cool. We'll come here and train. So three kids, um, turned into 12 kids next year. The next mm-hmm. year it turned into 36 kids and we, like took third at state we had kids i mean high school you know it was like it was a it was a ju- it was a juggernaut of a program yeah and then covid hit really crushed the program up mm-hmm. a little because it was right during the whole thing and then meet got canceled and then you know 21 was still kind of weird that powerlifting program gained a lot of attention from other teenage parents or or teenage athletes that saw all this happening right mm-hmm one of those teens was Azariah Price, a games athlete who's just from a little bit further south of us who had kind of been, his mom had been hearing about the program. Steph, mm. who is our event director of the Elite Team Throwdown, six months after they moved their family up here um, is when COVID kind of smacked everybody. You know mm. what I mean? She decided to give me a phone call as soon as she heard about the games canceling the age groups. So, Steph had this idea of doing this competition to replace the games for the teens. If we could do it because COVID and all the shit, you know, Mm -hmm. everything was going on at that time. You you name it. Uh, It was a terrible time for uh, just life in general for us. We're Mm -hmm. trying to hold it together. We have this big community that's dividing and divided. And the more and more we thought about this idea that Steph had presented to us, the more and more we thought that it could be an opportunity not only to be a replacement for the games athletes, but also be a bonding piece for our community if we could pull together and give ourselves a win this year. Or, you know, even more, it would be us as a community saying, hey, we can do hard stuff together, you guys. You know, let's uh, let's put our hands in here all together, get them dirty together, work towards a goal of making some kids' lives a little bit better and get some gratitude out of it as a community. It wasn't just about a competition at that time. It was about proving that we, you know, I don't, when I say we won't back down, I'm not saying we won't back down against the government. I'm not saying we won't back down against anything like that. Cause we weren't running that game. We were just trying to be positive, optimistic people, focus on health, focus on staying mentally healthy as well through a hard time together and um, that's all we were focused on. We, we left everything else at the door, sort of, you know. We had a motto that I put on the back of an L&D, one of these L&D shirts. It said, love more, lift more. Mm. And that's all we wanted people to do. Just shut up about everything else. Just love more, lift more. Yeah. When you come in this gym, that's it, you know, and uh, especially during that time. You've mentioned LND a whole bunch of times. Um, oh, so, yeah. So yeah, explain yeah. the LND, too, because Leave No Doubt is plastered on the wall of the gym. Um, yeah. Why is that an important phrase, and how does that tie into everything we're talking about? So, yeah, it does tie in. It ties everything together, I think. Um, you know, long, a while back, you know, at the early stages of gym life, we had a few of those high school kids that we developed through powerlifting come in and uh, actually they had all committed to play some college football and they were doing a back squat. And one of them, it, it was a, it was like, it was basically like a finisher set, you know, at the end of our program, we had 225 on the bar. They both, they all, all, it was four of them. They all squatted significantly more than 225. It's like, all right, we're going to go match reps at 225 just to kind yeah. of finish this, finish this little set, this little session up, you know, it was like, they needed a little something extra to make it exciting type of deal. So we threw that at um, first guy goes, he gets 12, next guy, 13, next guy, 14, next guy, 15. You know what I mean? That whole yeah. deal where you do one, one more than one more than the other guy. <laughs> well, for some reason, you know how you get as a coach, some days you're more worked up than others. And I was worked up because the first guy goes, dude, if I would have went last, I would have got 17. 
You know what I mean? Yep. And, and I go down this whole rant about, you got to leave no doubt you're doing your best right away. There's no better satisfaction than going first. Nobody else touches your line. You know what I mean? Like you set the bar and make other people, you know, I went down one of those rants that I'll never be able to recreate in a situation yep. like this. You go off like a C.T. Fletcher, just like ranting oh, yeah. off, like, and you're just filling them you know up it. with motivation. You know, Any, anybody who's coaching like that knows what I'm talking about. Well, especially other, like for me, teen boy, like coaching teen boys, like bro, testosterone mm-hmm. gets jacked up and like, bro, and like. You push it a little harder than the average. Yeah. You push yeah, it a little yeah, bit harder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't feel as guilty because you're like, no, I'm just teaching them something. Yeah. <laughs> You know, uh, Matt, you cussed but, like 12 times at them. I was like, yeah, but it was to motivate them. They were excited <laughs> for it. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, it was like, it was, it was a, uh, I think Kelly Starrett calls that a, a attention word. He's like, I just use it for attention only yeah, once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> then I just started thinking of, you know, I, I use leave no doubt quite a bit during that. And I started thinking about that leave no doubt. And I'm like, you know, I'm the same rant. I'm like, you know, not just here, you know, everywhere you guys got to, you know, when I went on this whole rant and then I started putting it all together, thinking about how this could be a mantra almost for a gym, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, it could be almost a path for people to follow and a guideline, a guidance for people who may have self doubt, you know, or may not believe in themselves to the point where they um, will try a hard thing, you know, to prove themselves they could do a hard thing type of thing. Um, and we, we sort of ran with it and broadened it out to every aspect of your life. You know, if you're at home playing video games, grandma walks in and she's got groceries or mom walks in and she's got an armful of groceries, like push, push pause on the game, go help mom out. You're going to be eating those groceries anyway. If there's trash on the sidewalk, you're walking down the sidewalk, um, you know, pick it up for the love of God, you know, uh, put it in your pocket, throw it in the trash to make you feel good and you're doing something good for your, you know, your community. Um, all those little things and it, whenever there's a doubt, leave no doubt, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, if you, if you have a doubt in your mind, whether you should say that to your friend, it might, they might take it the wrong way. Just don't. If you have a doubt whether you should pick the piece of trash up then do it. If you have a doubt, whether, you know, you should help mom carry the girl, you know, and then obviously it translates into the athletic field, which I've attached a more, um, crossfitty mantra to it. And that one goes like this somewhere someone is out there training and they're training to beat you and they're training because they want to win. Mm. You must respect that. Your only option is to leave no doubt that you're training harder, leave no doubt you're training smarter. So when you meet them face to face on the competition floor, you can look them in the face and know with all of your confidence that you've done more Mm. and you've done what it takes. Because to me, that's one of the biggest things is when you get on that competition floor, there's zero doubt in your mind that you've done your part. Mm-hmm. And now it's just time to show up on game day and do the stuff, you know, do the work. Like, and it sounds like that you've done exactly that, leave no doubt, and you've continued that with like these this elite team throwdown and the competition that you've put on. And me and Joel were talking about, he was telling me about some of the workouts because you guys just had another elite team. Well, I think it was elite team yeah. throwdown again, third, right? Yeah, yep. The third yeah, yep. But you guys had a couple um Additions you had, I think uh, Joel was telling me the JV squad, um, or yeah. JV like JV teams. So, tell so tell us about that and the 18 okay, 19 yeah. so we squad, went, yeah, yeah. Which next year we're going to call that something a little different, too. So, when we first started, we had rookie and elite, mm-hmm. and it kind of felt weird going rookie and elite more than one year because a lot of those kids kind of had unfinished business to do or goals, you know, and they weren't technically a rookie anymore. They just might not have been to the elite status mm-hmm. and they're kids in, in my world, being strength conditioning coach at, um, uh, the local high school here, you know, you have, you know, in everybody's world, really in high school, there's, you have JV and you have varsity, you know? Yeah. And, um, that's what we decided to do. We decided to make a JV. It's like, cause you got 16, 17 year olds who are just getting into the sport who might've did, did it last year in the JV level, but they're only in the second year in the CrossFit mm-hmm. and they want to try it again, in the JV level. And, and come back and try to improve underneath that, but maybe they don't have muscle ups yet or what, you know, some of the, some of the harder stuff. And then we wanted the varsity level to be able to experience something similar to what they would get at a large scale competition, like the games or mm-hmm. Wadapalooza or some of these other types of events. So um, we, we try the experience that we throw together. Well, and I'll go on the 1819 division, the 1819 division um, next year will be the collegiate division. And we're kicking around going 2021. 
mm-hmm. as well. So we're thinking about going 18, 19, 20, 21. We call that the collegiate division. We have a JV, a varsity, and a collegiate. And we feel like um, some of the uh, some of the attention we got from the 18, 19 from the athletes this year was really cool because they 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 swarmed that division filled up the fastest. They swarmed to that and. Um, we feel like uh, it's just sort of a little bit of a void, you know. Obviously, you have your standouts, you have your uh, Mal's and your Emma's, and your, um, you know, even like I'd say, you know, Sprague and some of those guys are, you know, going to be young competitors right away, uh, or by the time they're, you know, before they're 21. But there's a big field of athletes that don't have an opportunity to kind of get a spotlight on them for a few years, and to me that is an opportunity for an athlete to fizzle out or to mm. go away from the sport. And I'm all about preservation of the sport, not only preservation of the sport, preservation of CrossFit in general. And, um, you know, some of these JV athletes, we want to give them experience where they love it so much and never want to stop. They want to open an affiliate. They want to have a dream of opening an affiliate someday. Same mm-hmm. thing with the varsity athletes. And then we want to hold on to those collegiate athletes as long as possible and keep that passion and that fire burning in them as well. Yeah. I think it's, yeah. I, I think it's easy we all get caught up in, in Mal O'Brien and Emma Carey, but then there's also those athletes that were great teenagers and they vanish and then they reappear when they're 22. You're like, where did they go? Like there's, it's cool to have that, that bridge level of competition. Um, But the other thing that's cool, Brock is you've as a programmer taken some risks um, and, and had some fun with how you've programmed this event. Uh, And we talked about it on last week's episode in terms of the choose your own adventure, uh, pick a higher weight, start earlier, pick a lower weight. You know, you've got to start with yeah. a, a deficit in time in that event. Um, devious, the, devious. The, the five, <laughs> right? The five, six, seven event where your your score was zero if you didn't get to the heavy double unders at the end. Um, and you know, it was eight rounds, one minute on, one minute off for people that don't know. Um, five burpee box jump overs, six thrusters, seven overhead squats, then the drag rope double unders. If you didn't get to the drag ropes in any minute, your score was zero, and the tiebreaker then became total reps. So there were different yeah. incentives to play it different ways and different strategies, and it's interesting. Um, talk to us a little bit about how you design workouts, how you have fun with it, and how you maybe take some risks um, that are different than other competitions we see. Yeah. So I love programming to me. It's like an art a little bit, you know, and I always say that your art is done in quiet. And then the competition is sort of like your art show where everybody gets to look at it and talk about it. And so I really get excited when I get to see it all unfold in person, you know, and that's sort of gotten me a little bit more and more addicted to, making it not only a good test of fitness following a, you know, grassroots CrossFit methodology um, that I've followed for a long time through Dave's mind. Um, I, um, I really focus on making it entertaining for the parents and the coaches and the Mm -hmm. kids as well. But I also like teaching a lesson. (laughs) Sorry. I'm so I'm such a dad, but I do. (laughs) I like to teach a lesson in the workouts. Like, for example, I give you the lesson in the five, six, seven. It's like how to transition between the thruster and the overhead squat. Um, you only have a minute. You have six overhead or six thrusters, seven overhead squats. You're not going to have a lot of time to back rack the bar, readjust mm-hmm. your grip, jump the bar up, and then go into an overhead squat. But if you learn how to transition your grip a little bit between that clean and jerk or that thruster grip into a good position overhead, to where you can uh, flawlessly move into uh, overhead squats. Now you're going to have a little bit more time on the dubs, you know, mm-hmm. um, just little, little things like that along the way I look for putting in these workouts too, in addition to the test and the, um, the uh, excitement of the event. But I like the unique things because I feel like people play it safe in competitions and I play it safe somewhat on movements. I, I don't like to do, I mean, I've done some crazy movements, but I don't like to do movements that are so, cr- I, we always test the movement, see how easy they are to judge. Mm-hmm. And if it's so crazy of a movement that it's going to throw us out, it's going to be in that weird judging world, you know, whenever there's a doubt, leave no doubt, right? If yeah. we're going to be in that weird judging world, um, I don't even mess with it, you know? Yeah. 
I had a little controversy because one of my movements I did this year on one movement that I did this year is the handstand walk. We did a handstand walk with 180 degree turn. So they had to walk 10 feet, turn 180, walk back 10 feet unbroken. And, you know, I had some people saying that was too hard on the judges. I had one person uh, say people, I'm very critical when I hear anything, you know, I want to, I want to make sure that I entertain everybody, you know, or whatever they think, you know, as well. But, um, so I have an open mind to criticism for sure. Uh, but you know, at a certain point you have to, you got to do some of that stuff, you know? So, um, the, uh, the handstand walk piece was unique. The 180 degree turn, not so unique though. When you look at Boz's, uh, programming this year. No, but it's, that it's, that uh, nod to you. Right, it's the direction of how things are going, right? Yeah. I, <laughs> I, the, the single unders. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like if anybody knows anybody about cro- elite CrossFitters, they don't do single unders because Never. they're stupid. <laughs> No, because I, I've had no. plenty of people. I'm like, all right, we're warming up with single unders, and my athletes are doing double unders warm up. And I'm like, no, 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 you guys, like, do single unders. They're like, yeah, Man, you yeah, don't do that in CrossFit. That and I was like, conditioning, don't lose that. Yeah, they're like, no, we don't yeah, do this so in I, CrossFit. I'm like, yo, do you not remember your on ramp when I made you do single unders because you couldn't do double unders? <laughs> like, come on now. In July, uh, in in July, we did a, a different event, like our, our small like community event. Not. I mean, it's not that small, but it's a partner event, you know, like old school in the box type of event. Mm-hmm. And um, I programmed single unders in that one. It had to be 50 unbroken single unders was a buy-in to your double unders. And you had two minutes to do it. It was like one of those little um, side workouts. Like okay, yeah. Style. And I had some of our most elite athletes not get through the single unders. And they were so mad, you know, and they were just so fresh. <laughs> well, if you I'm haven't like, done that oh, in a long dude. time, right? You get to right. 40, you get to 40, you get to 40 and you're like, I haven't tripped yet. And you're like, 41, yeah. 42, 43. You're like, Oh God, please don't trip. Oh God, please yeah. don't trip. <laughs> so I love all that. Like humbling, any opportunity to humble an elite athlete, I'm on, yep. oh, you know, yeah. any opportunity to humble them, I'm all over it because you know, they need it a little bit. <laughs> so, hey, we, so, yeah. We all need an ego check every now and then, you know? <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah, I agree. So I have I my agree. wife. I get home and she watches my videos of me lifting and she's like, it ain't, nah. it's yeah, not as good as it like, could be. And I'm like, what? Yeah, what? you're not quite, you know, you're way too behind the bar. You know? yeah, exactly. um, yeah, yeah. The programming side of it, Joel, basically is um, we have 65 acres of playland, dude. Yeah. And, and I had a couple people this year, I'm pointing out all my flaws. <laughs> uh, or, you know, what people thought were flaws. And to me these days, you know, I don't know if you can mess up programming across the competition. Uh, you, you probably could, but you know, with the doors bars open this last time, it's pretty wide open, but yeah. they said it was a little run heavy. But to me, when you're on the pit, when you're talking monostructural movements, why would I put somebody on a rower when I have 65 acres of hills and trails? Yes. I'm going to have you do an obstacle course running through up, down over hay bales, climbing up a sand hill with 70 yards of, uh, you know, fresh sand on it, sinking up to your knees before I put you on a rower. I'm sorry. You call it running, you call it whatever you want, but you're not, you're not going to move monostructurally through that many, uh, traditional movements when you're at the pit. You know, we swam, we did an obstacle course run. We did a hundred meter transitional run between, Mm -hmm. um, things we did a sled drag um we did uh uh, a 500 meter um run in between a 2159 so basically my point is is like i'm gonna use all of that up in my programming bandwidth where my limitations are in my mind on how much monostructural i want involved mm-hmm. in a workout and there was bike in but there I'm, too like it's it's not like there was yeah. nothing yeah 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 oh yeah yeah we had echo yep yep exactly well there was yeah. one year the year we uh we came out we paddleboarded you had the athletes paddleboarding yeah yep. I mean, yeah. Just cool. yeah but like that's yeah, what the, totally. that's what these athletes want they want we, yeah. I, I never signed up to go to waterpalooza to you know not get into the bay i, I hate swimming right but i mean yeah i'm gonna I, if i'm signing up i know i'm gonna go swim i know that's gonna happen and it's like you're going to the pit. Well, guess what? He's got a lot of land out there. So guess what you're probably going to be doing is running from place to place. <laughs> yeah. There's a couple I mean, of lakes like there. A, you might be swimming. Yeah. We did a sandbag trail run. Dude, the trails are sick too. I mean, Jerry, the guy who, who are, who owns the property, who's the, inve- who's our investor in this whole project. Mm-hmm. He has an excavator and just 
mini excavator and runs through the trails and just they're just i don't know they're really Making cool trails. he does an awesome job yeah he literally makes the trails you know so well, yeah whenever I mean, whenever we came out there for the first pit um elite team throw down i i remember walking walking around with lexi and i literally telling her it's like it's like this is this is what i would want like if you were to ask me like what kind of crossfit gym i would want and you're like money is not an issue and you just go build it i'm like this is it like he's got yeah. this sand pit all in the back he has that treacherous, just like uphill climb that you have back there that you yeah. get the teens when you're do the oh, they did sandbag the squat spots and then run up the hill and run yeah, up it. Oh good. my yeah. atrocious. Like, and I'm like, that's perfect. hill. a little tiny lake right there for the paddle boarding. And like, it's right there all within running distance or walking distance. So it, it, you have a phenomenal setup out there with it, Yeah, which like, I think that might be part of the reason why, cause like now, like this elite team throwdown has been going down. You guys have had a couple of like really good years with it. How do, like, how did you guys go from just this like brain child that you guys had to now like rogue is out there helping you guys with these events and like, help yeah. you, like sponsor the event. But how did you guys get that much help? Did you like, what did you have to do? In 2020, we were the only licensed CrossFit event besides the games at, at the ranch. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we'd met a lot of people. They made us do like a fully comprehensive COVID protocol. We only invited 10 kids from each division that year. No spectators except for one coach and one parent. So two people could come. So both parents could come. Or if they really weren't a coach, you you remember you were there. Yep. Yeah. When CrossFit's name is on the event, I, I mean, it didn't take a lot to learn. Like already, <laughs> we kind of know, you know, yeah. CrossFit's brand is ridiculous. And if you can put their name on the event as a licensed event, it gets some yep. pretty good attention. You got so we pool. wanted to do that. Every, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like Mal O'Brien was there the yep. first year, you know, you got some tutor was there, you know, there's a, I mean, I could name some names. There it's, was some, there's some big yeah. names there. Yeah. And, um, there's a whole story on Mal too, but, but basically we realized that it could be something big. Mm-hmm. It could be not just, we were never, our goal was never to be a placeholder for the games. Like ultimately, our goal was to be a placeholder for games in 2020. Like I said earlier, be a community builder for us. Yep. And, you know, whatever happened from there happened. So we we're like, maybe we won't even do it again this year. Last year, we were like, all right, yeah, let's do it again. 21. Still a little bit of shaky waters with CrossFit, you know, and that whole transitional period that we all know about, mm-hmm. um, you know, with changing C- CEOs and all that kind of stuff. So, everything was kind of up near stuff. So, so that, right, let's do it again. You know, and we did it again, grew quite a bit. Um, ended up having like 120 athletes or whatever that year and opened up spectators a little bit more than we did before. And then this year we almost, well, we did, we started our turn of it being only focused on an elite level competition. And now we want to make it more of a festival. Mm. Uh, for the teens. It's still going to be an elite level competition, yeah. like for sure, because that's fun. You know what I mean? Um, it's fun to get after it in a serious way and a well-organized event and um, have to take things serious. But like we introduced a campfire this time. Um, we had a big campfire for all the teens on Saturday night after the competition was over out of the pit. Um, you know, uh, Steph and the uh, um, other coordinators had set a few things up like autumn bought a, bought a bunch of snacks and um we had my son brady started a big fire and mm-hmm. Cup, it was cupcakes like a fun, were, it was like cupcakes a, were on point by the way yeah the cupcakes were on point yeah <laughs> oh yeah yeah uh there's birthday you know there's a couple birthdays that day happened to be so some of the kids made cupcakes like this is all good stuff you know what i mean mm-hmm. this is all things that you can't buy for the kids the memories that you instill like you don't buy that stuff, you know, it, you create an opportunity for it happen for it to happen organically and hope it happens. And mm-hmm. it's just happening and it's happening and happening and happening. We're just sort of like not touching it. We're not trying to um, do more than we need to do with it. We're just letting the experience be good and we're letting it grow. And we're trying to keep our focus on the high quality of the, the, high, the highest quality experience we can offer for these kids in whatever way it is. And the way we're going now, I guess, to answer your initial question is to move more towards an elite 
level competition, but make it feel a little bit more like a fun festival where everybody can come back every year, Mm -hmm. enjoy their friends, like a big teen CrossFit reunion almost every year. That's fair. And getting after it, you know, for bragging rights almost, if anything else, you know, if anything. Mm Well, I think that like that, that, that has been like, whenever we, I've coached Lexi Neely since she was like 12, 13 years old. So I, she's like my, my daughter, um, go out there to compete. And like, it's great because she, she is, if you're an elite, an elite level CrossFit athlete, you don't have time for really friends. You you just Mm -hmm. don't, if you're an elite athlete Mm -hmm. in anything, right. You're trying to be the best. You don't have, you don't really have the balance, the life balance. Lexi's best friends have all come from going to the games going to the pit those are the yeah. only places that she has made friends and has friends uh, well, that's outside. sad <laughs> well not completely but like but the thing is is like i'm okay with that like remember i was wrestling in high school and in college like i only cared to have friends with people who did things that i like doing yeah crossfit is where yeah and i yeah, think you've built sure. that there um and i think that the kids because a lot of these kids like i said they're training all the time and their best friends are going to be people that they can get along with and you're like hey you know what thruster clean and jerk snatch means most people back in the day growing up, like I talk about wrestling and doing a front head stare. If they're like, what are you talking about, bro? Right. And so I think you've created a great space that, like you said, every year for me, Miami, I go to Waterpalooza every year and I see a lot of my friends fitness. And like, I, it's something that I get to go to every year. You've done that with this pit. And I think that's, that's, I think that's phenomenal because you've given a safe space for all these kids to make those friends. And I have, and I have to say like, uh, I always start to feel this feeling when somebody says you've done that Mm. because really, man, I mean, and I really seriously, it has taken so much effort from so many people Mm -hmm. and I have gotten lucky that I have had the opportunity to be able to empower some people to help me and autumn and Steph and the other leaders in our organization to be able to pull off what we as a team have been able to pull off because let me tell you, dude, I am probably, you know, I don't know what percentage I'm a very small percentage of the actual, um, work that gets done for the elite team throwdown. Like, obviously I'm involved. I'm, you know, the executive director along with autumn and then Steph's our event coordinator for the whole thing. And we all work really hard, but I really, want to reiterate that there are several people in our community that make this happen. Like, like strength in numbers is CrossFit's thing. And it is, you know, cemented in, in, uh, in the ground at the pit for sure. Yeah. You're talking about teams. Something that me and Joel wanted to ask, um, Reykjavik, they were there. Yeah. yeah. How, like, how did that happen? Like, did you, did, did Annie just slide in your DMS? Like she did Lauren Fisher and was like, Hey man, like man, I have a couple of fit friends that want to come fit on the pit. So oh, oh, well, also, I, um, which one ahead. of them was your favorite and why, um, con Porter? That's funny. Uh, con was one of my favorites, but not my favorite. Ooh. Oh, so I get that. I told you he, Tola, he saw Tola lift weights and he was like, I like that guy. <laughs> yeah. I just want to, I just want to look at Tola no homo either, but yeah, yeah. Like, he's, he's a great looking guy, man. Bro. Um, good looking and great bodies on those dudes, man. I, I don't care. Everybody said, you got to give props or props you're doing, dude. Hey man, they work hard. They work their ass off. I'll tell you that all of them do. Um, and I contacted Lauren, I contacted Jared, said, shoot Lauren a message, yada, yada, you know, closed mouth, don't get fed type shit. You know, it's like, you got to be able to speak here and advocate for what you want at a high volume until you get it. If you really want it, you know, mm-hmm. and then not fuck it up when you actually get the opportunity for it. <laughs> and we didn't, we, we treated them like royalty, dude. So we, we, they finally said, okay. And then they're like, well, where are we going to stay? You know, I started calling around, had a couple, one of our friends is literally like a mansion, uh, 14 bedroom house, two kitchens on a lake, beautiful spot. Annie and her family and Lauren and her family stayed there on one of those wings. So they had like a beautiful wing all themselves. Super, super like hardly any money, you know, to, to pay for the thing. You know, they, their people were just like, Oh, just give me what you think. And Annie's yeah. like, are you sure? You know, I mean, they were, they were great guests as well. Um, but, uh, and then, uh, Tola and Khan, well, actually BKG stayed because BKG came too. Yep. Um, 
So he stayed with uh, and with Catherine them. for just a that that caught you and by then surprise. Ka- yeah, yeah, there's a whole thing. So, um, oh my so god, like, <laughs> yeah, so so they many good people in the pit. <laughs> three weeks they were here too. It's not just like for a seminar, you know. They're locked in, living here, riding bikes to the gym and shit. Um, <laughs> you know, the kids are running around and stuff. Literally, the the two teen athletes went to the games came too with their parents and stuff. But uh, so. Yeah, we hooked them all up. Sweet yeah. spots on the lake so they could swim if they wanted to, all within a mile from the gym. It was like, to me, it was like dream, uh, dreamland for them, hopefully, as far as their prep goes, you know? Yeah. Um, so then we set up a dinner, and we had a local chef cater a dinner for him at that mansion. And we had, a, you know, we threw down, you know, a really what we thought was a very hosp- hospitable. Yeah type of experience for them, you know, Dude. uh, one that they could, you know, look back on and have memories themselves of the pit, you know? And, uh, maybe they'll come back out train- every year, you know, like, and I, and I think they will, you know, and they're talking about Ricky and, you know, Tia and Shane, you know, cause obviously, uh, Khan knows all them really well. Yeah. And we had a good experience with, um, them coming. It was a bit of a, uh, jam in the gym because we weren't expecting them to roll in 25, 30 people deep. You know what I mean? You know, people are dropping in from local gyms. Says, oh, it's Annie. I heard Annie was, you know. <laughs> but the coolest thing was of the whole deal is that I said, you know, I, I arranged two different things. I said, the only thing we wanted was uh, we wanted to actually have dinner with them um, as, an, as a, not as a gym, but as the owners of the gym. So all the owners, I set this dinner up and we had a nice dinner where we could actually get on a level of human, human to human with them, opposed mm-hmm. to being in the gym. And that was really nice. And then uh, the other one was that they all sit and do a Q&A for an hour after one of our Saturday morning community workouts. Because our mm-hmm. Saturday morning community workouts, we have like 60 people-ish in there every Saturday. And this one had more than that because they knew it was coming. Yeah. But um, we ended up... Uh, sitting everybody down and Annie just dropped a knowledge bomb after knowledge bomb to all of our young female athletes. And what I told the young female athletes about that experience was, it was so special because not only is Annie Thor's daughter, you know, world champion several times over, but now it's Annie Thor's daughter who is hungry because she's back to the games after having her baby She's experienced. She's not just a champion. She's a veteran champion. So um, those little things were so special for me to be able to offer to our young females and males, but to offer to the young community um, that we have that aligns right with our our um, our whole mission. It was so great. It was priceless, man, to be able to have that um, that there in our gym right there for all, you know, it's a one-on-one session. My daughter, you know, she's asking questions. She's right there in front of Annie and she's able to drop these just beautiful knowledge bombs. Not only that, like her pregnancy, we had some pregnant women in the gym and like, you know what I mean? Like there was Mm -hmm. just a lot of good stuff going on and it just really, um, was a great, a great, uh, experience for our whole community when, Reykjavik came up. And BKG is my favorite. Um, and he hates snakes, I heard. BKG hates snakes, yeah. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of funny... Like, dude, I love them all, man. Didn't, I, what, I wasn't, like, wasn't, didn't somebody's son like bring a snake to BKG in that in that after-class deal? Yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> I, think it, I think it was Steph's son, um, <laughs> Elijah. He, he brought a snake up to BKG, and then I think Khan grabbed the hold of something and said he had the snake and then like pushed it towards Annie and scared the shit out of Annie. And it was, this is all right as we we're lining up for a picture. So every, the whole community class was lined up for a picture and some kid brings a snake up in front of this crowd of, you know, 80 people. <laughs> and then Khan's like, Oh shit. He goes, let me see this here or whatever. I forget how it all went down. But, and then I think BKG kind of like, like was like, Toughen up on Khan a little bit. Like, hey, hey, why would you do that type of deal? Because Annie and BKG are close, man. Um, that was one thing I noticed about the the Icelanders is they 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 have a really tight 
tight bond with each other too. They were all good. Frederick was there too, you know. They rolled deep. And then Katrin came when we thought Lauren when Lauren thought she hurt her shoulder. But before we let you go, I know Matt said last question, but I want to go back. Uh, I want to go back. To Ma- I want to go back to Mal O'Brien. Um, what's what's yeah. the Mal O'Brien story that uh, that you thought was good? I'm gonna say on record here. First of all, <laughs> I don't know how exactly true this is, but I think it's I think it's pretty damn. It it matches up. In 2020, she did not do the open. Yes. She was a little bit burnt out on CrossFit is what I heard. That's the part I don't know for sure. I'm not, I don't want no, to speak that, for that, her at all. That's correct. <clears throat> okay. And she had um, kind of stopped doing it, if I, if I remember right, or correct. stopped maybe confiscating. Correct. And um, our photographer, Brandon, I believe it's Ramonos, it's B-Rom Media, um, great photographer, he came, give me a second here. He um, came to me during the prep stages of us just talking to him about what we wanted and said, hey, you should invite this girl, Mal O'Brien. And I'm like, well, what was her open score? And he's like, well, she didn't do the open this year. And immediately I'm kind of going, is she any good? You know, and he goes, just trust me, did you got to invite her? And I had, re- I had respect for him as a CrossFitter, so I knew he knew what good was, you know. And I'm like, she muscle. And he goes, dude, yeah, just invite her. He goes, you invite her, she's probably gonna win. And I'm thinking, now I'm like, all right, let's do it. So we invite her. Um, she at first was kind of like, oh, I don't know, let's see. And then she's like, all right, I'm, I'm gonna come. Uh, long story short, she came, crushed the competition, first place. Her and Tudor Magda that year. And um, you know. I don't know if the rest is history or she she would have done it anyway, you know, or what. But that is kind of, I thought it was a pretty, the pit, in my mind, the pit revitalized her love for the game, her camaraderie with her teams and the people that, you know, this is her, you know, this is her, this is her thing. It's her sport. And I hope that we did that for her. Maybe it'd, 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 it'd be, it'd make me feel good, you know, if uh, we were able to do that for anybody, not just her, you know. 